So, have you ever wondered whether winning an award will change your life as a writer? Well, we found somebody who has to know because last year he won the Kinder Storyteller Award, okay. which is Peter Gibbons, and we talked to him in the upcoming interview. Hi, so we are Andrea and Fryer, and we are on our way to become international best-selling authors. And we take you along for the ride. So, nice. a month ago, we've been in London. To the London Book Fair. And we met somebody there that we can't wait to introduce to you guys. His name is Peter Gibbons, and in 2022 he won the Kinder Storyteller Award. And we were wondering, how can winning an award like this change your life? What does it? So we talk at all. Hmm? Yeah. So he answered that question, I guess. And um, if you want to find out, stick around. So as we promised, uh, we want to take you along for our ride on becoming international best-selling authors. So. We'd like to share with you what happened within the past month and, yeah, how we are doing this. <laughs> right, Raya? Well, yeah, so we wanted to give you an update on where we stand. And right now, Andrea and I actually feel really awesome about where we stand because we've just talked to two different people who are truly amazing and um, so we talked to James Blatch from the self-publishing formula might ring a bell the name and the second one we talked to is Peter Gibbons um, who we just talked to and um, both well these interviews have been a blast you could say and have really made us feel welcomed I guess in the international book community and the thing is um, we didn't only have these two guys on our podcast But yesterday, Freya and I, we, we still can't believe it. It's just so crazy. Uh, we've been guests on the self-publishing show. And that's like, that, that's like a thing. And I, I think it was in February when I uh, talked to Freya and I, I told her, this is our big time goal. One day yeah. in the far, far future, we will be on that podcast. And then we met, <laughs> or I met. Yeah, and then it just happened. Like three months later, we 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 just been we've just been interviewed by James Blatch yesterday, and it was a blast. It was and I remember when you told me, "Let's let's make this our goal." I was like, "Yeah, right." <laughs> I, I, I thought, "Yeah, well, well, maybe someday." But we're this is not something in the what we're gonna do within a few months' time. So, um, so it feels incredible, and um, yeah. yeah, it was. Because we went to London and met all these amazing people, and um, which was just a great experience all around. Yes. And um, what I've done else to become an international best-selling author is I started networking. I started to uh, connect with bloggers, ARC readers, and authors. And there are some things I realized. It's it's the first thing. It's really great to to connect with other authors on Instagram. Well, I knew that because um, that's what I've done in Germany. Um, but I, I really got into conversations so quickly. I just wrote to some authors who seemed to be interesting to me and I asked them, "What's the most wonderful thing about you?" And some really responded. And the thing is, I know not everybody would respond to a question like that. And that was kind of the point because I only wanted people to respond to that question who would respond to that question. You know, I, I didn't want to get in contact with people who, who don't like questions like these because I'm a happy person and I love wonderful things and I love people who think they are kind of wonderful too. So I met wonderful people by that. And I, I already met some, uh, some people who are going to read my book which is amazing and yeah and and the other thing I, I realized about yeah well the, the great thing is just because we are just coming out of our chat with Peter Gibbons this is like his one big recommendation that you have just you know basically proven right that he recommended you know to get in touch with other authors don't hesitate don't be shy they will welcome you with open arms you have done just that have made that ex exact experience and this is such a such an important part as a journey as an author to reach out and to build your network and to join this amazing and positive community 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and I think for this, Instagram is amazing. Facebook probably as well. But as I kind of already know from Germany, Instagram is not my place to f connect with bloggers. I just don't like connecting there with, uh, with bloggers because I don't know why. And so Freya and I, we have just started uh, doing the self-publishing formula class on TikTok. TikTok. And so I really, I really want to get into book talk and I think Freya is, uh, is the same uh, for, for the English market to connect with bloggers because I think that's um, that's really the way to go right now in YouTube <clears throat> but but TikTok mainly yeah so and there's one thing we both actually uh, did um, and Freya is not aware of what I'm saying right now but I just no I just <laughs> that, get her that's why I'm making do. the face <laughs> <laughs> because um, I've just played around a lot with uh, redoing my cover for my debut novel, um, which is going to be the first novel I'm going to publish in, in English as well. And the, the German cover is like this. And I've heard so often um, that it's just not exciting enough for the English market. So say something different if you feel differently. But um, I just came up with different cover ideas and I'm kind of stuck with this one. And I've kind of got uh, really nice feedback um, from people. And um, Freya has also already an English cover for her book, right? Don't you? I do. I do. Yes, I got my yes. the first uh, my 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 flagship series in Germany. The urban fantasy one is um, well. I, I basically turned the covers into English covers, and um, they turned out beautiful. And I think the first response that I got was actually on the London Book Fair, where I showed uh, showed it to them. And and the person I showed it to, she said like, "I want to read the book," which is exactly what you're going for. So um, I'm really excited about that. And just looking at them had me had my heart pump. And um, yeah, and I guess and we show them to you here, yeah. so you can see them now. So you know what we're and talking please, about. If you, please give us feedback. Uh, yes. Tell us what you think. Um, and because and which covers yeah. you like, which covers you respond to, which covers make uh, make you pick up a book. Yeah, exactly. Recommend anything away. So um, your own as well, of course. Sorry, we are curious. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. Okay, so now, without further ado, let's go into the interview. <laughs> Hello, Peter. It's so good to see you. It's so good, so good to have you here. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's great to be here, and thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, it's a lovely day here in Ireland. I'm not sure what it's like in uh, in Germany, but the sun is shining, so it's good. Yeah, sun is shining, as you can see. <laughs> At least yeah, you can, we're in different, country, uh, different countries, in different cities. Uh, yeah, well, and I, it, it looks like I'm, I don't know, in the middle of the night, which I'm not. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking at, at a blue sky, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. A, a, a sunny day is, is kind of a rare thing here in Ireland. So we have to kind of set, <laughs> yeah. we have to celebrate it when it happens. <laughs> so I, I push the sun towards your clouds. I draw the clouds because I like clouds. Um. We asked you before what your favorite quote was, and it was uh, from Marcus Aurelius, who I really, I love him. I, um, he's one of my big, you know, doesn't matter. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> the one thing, the, the quote you like was, you have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you find strength, uh, which, is, which is amazing. And I, I, everybody should relate to this. But the question um, that came into my mind was, uh, is that true for positive events as well? Do you have to keep the positive events like outside? Yeah, I, I think it's about, I think what, what the reason that quote resonates to me is, is more about um, trying to realize that you can only con control what you can control. So a bit like when you're, as you guys know, right, when you're getting great reviews, that's great. When you're getting bad reviews, it hurts. But what you need to try and do is kind of keep a balanced view and stay in control. Like you can't control it if somebody gives you a bad review. And equally, you can't control if somebody gives you a good review. You can only control the work that, that, you, that you put together and that, and that you publish and you do your best and you put it out there and what will be will be. And equally, what, what that's about for me is just trying to excel and con like that and control the things you can and be the best you can be without focusing on what other people are doing, 
being jealous of what other writers are doing and try and find your own lane and <clears throat> be focused on what you're doing and trying to do the best that you can do right. I think that that's really why that quote resonates for me. And if you can control a lot of that, those things and not let yourself be stressed and distracted by outside events, I think it sets you on a on a good path and a good focus, right? Love that. Yeah, me too. Which actually is a great, you know, kind of, you know... Um, uh, transition some it's a, yeah it's a great transition because um something that we really wanted to talk to you about um well we we met at the london book fair obviously and we went to the to the um kdp display and there you were because you are this year's winner of the kindle storyteller award so congratulations again on that it's Thanks. amazing and so in in, in terms of what you just said about, um, you know, control what you can control and winning an award like this is obviously something that you have very little control over. So you can hand in your manuscript and you can you can try basically, but other people are deciding whether you are awarded with this. And so being this, this also is basically a situation which is very positive for you because you won this award, but it's also a, a situation that you don't really have control over because it's something that basically happened to you. So how do you, um, with with this great quote of Mark, Mark, Marcus Aurelius, you say in English, mm -hmm. I think, in mind. So so how do you, I don't know, um, how do you respond to this amazing thing that you won this award? That was really, um, that was really a kind of a, a hit and hope kind of thing. It was like, I, I came across the Kindle Storyteller Award at the time when I was publishing that novel, which is the the um, the fourth novel in the, in that particular series, and if you publish your novels between, a, I think they do the same um, they do the same competition in Germany as well, I think. But if you publish your novel yes. between, I think it's now like May and, and August or May and September, and you if you use the Kindle Storyteller as one of your keywords, you know, when you exactly. upload your book to Amazon, it automatically enters you into the competition. So when I was kind of uploading the book, I thought, well, I might as well. Put the, might as well enter the books. I can always go in and replace the keyword afterwards, right, if I don't win. And <laughs> I kind of forgot about it because sometimes you do these things on a whim. You kind of enter, you know, for free, you yeah, just exactly. enter the competition, you forget about it. And then in the kind of September time then or late August, I think it was, I got an email from Amazon, from KDP to say, are you free for a call? And I was like, because <laughs> 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 I'd forgotten. What was what was really surprising was that a lot, a lot of the previous winners are all kind of thriller or romance, right? You know the big genres. So I was kind of surprised to see a historical fiction book be nominated for the shortlist, and in particular my book being nominated for the shortlist. But it was all super exciting, and I think with, with things like that, it's not necessarily something that you need to control. I think the 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 control element in those kind of situations is to not be disappointed if you don't get shortlisted. And not to be jealous of the people that do, but to be mm. supportive and and uh, congratulate people and not let that creep mm. into your life. So that's really where that I particular, that. yeah, that particular Marcus Aurelius quote is applicable there. In that, it's okay to enter the competition and be hopeful to win, but what's important is to control your response if you don't win. Or mm. and what, what was funny on the um, on the night of the awards. It was kind of at the Houses of Parliament in London, and I didn't for wow. a second wow. expect to win. Yeah, it was it was fabulous, right? Because you go in and there's all the ancient kind of medieval architecture and all that nice. kind of stuff, and all the people that that the guys that were nominated, like J.D. Kirk, is a really successful um, crime writer as well as being a really good guy, and mm -hmm. um, there were other really good writers nominated, but they were all kind of either romance or or, or thriller, you know, uh, lesbian romance as well which is a kind of a really strong genre. So mm -hmm. I didn't expect, and I knew from the judging panel that they might be more sympathetic to those type of books. Uh, so my, I, I brought my wife to the ceremony. She, when they were announcing the winners, she was actually videoing me because we were going to do like a funny thing. You know, like at the Oscars when they film people, Yes. Uh, and when they're not nominated, they all kind of look really happy. But we're going to do something funny where we try and look really annoyed, you know, for a joke. But and then it was obviously super surprised then to win. Um, but yeah, the kind of Marcus really seen the Stoic philosophy is to control yourself, so that to be happy for the people that won and not to be jealous yeah. or upset. It, it, that that particular quote is more about that, right? It's more about keeping yourself on a on a good level, you know. 
Well, but also allowing yourself to be happy for, because obviously this is an amazing win. And I love that story, you know, about your wife filming you. I mean, yeah, this was, is like, it, I mean, it, those are it, just the moments, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was brilliant. And I made a lot of good friends during the process. Like Claire cool. Lydon, who's, um, she writes kind of lesbian romance, is a really good friend now. And she writes brilliant books. J.D. Kirk is a good friend. Um, and Gerd Harry wrote a really good book, that like a mystery book. So all those guys that we kind of met during the process of all, have all been really supportive, and I'm really try, try and be supportive for them as well on social media. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all positive stuff, right? And I, I would definitely say to anybody who's listening, uh, if you if you're self-published and, you, and you're, you're publishing a book within that window where you can enter the competition, just enter it, right? Because it only costs you. If you, I can't remember how many it is, but I think you've eight keywords. It only costs you one exactly. keyword. So, you, you know, there's nothing to lose. And then at the end of the window, if you're not shortlisted, you can just replace the keyword, right? So I definitely recommend everybody to enter. And on the back of that competition, I, I was lucky enough then to win the prize and you get lots of publicity and all those things. And all that helps then with your profile and like I wouldn't be talking to you guys today, right? If I wasn't, no, exactly. you wouldn't. You know, so it's it, and I, I've been on a couple of podcasts and your social media kind of following grows and your your mailing list grows and all the things that you're trying to achieve. So it was a really really positive experience for me, and I definitely recommend everybody who's listening if they're self published to enter. Um. So, Marcus Aurelius is uh, um, is is connected to the stoic philosophy are you following this philosophy is that part of your life try to but no <laughs> try to <laughs> but it's like anything right you, you 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 try and live by those kind of uh you try and live by those kind of that code yeah and i think it's important then like that just to keep yourself even to not let yourself get too high with the highs but not too low with the lows and try and stay on it and how does it affect your writing And your, your your life as an author, um, just like that, really, just to try and I suppose a good example is right in in the writing world. Like in my previous life, I was um, I worked in the insurance industry. I actually worked for Allianz, which is a big German insurer, right? Yes. So I was yeah. I was global head of sales for their um, international health insurance division. And in wow. that market, obviously, there's a lot of competition and, it, you know, it's really kind of, you're kind of up against your competitors and you're trying to win clients and blah, blah, blah. And what I was really surprised about when I became an author was how nice everybody is and how supportive everybody is. Yeah, yeah, and, I relate to know, that. Yeah, me yeah. too. And it's so cool, right? And, there's, and I think that makes it easier to kind of live or, or try and keep yourself on that kind of stoic philosophy uh, train of thought because it's very hard to have bad thoughts about people because everybody is super supportive Ooh, and that's, that's true. It, 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 even when I was really my, I launched my <laughs> first uh, book I kind of reached out to a few established authors and one guy in particular uh, Matthew Harfey who's kind of a successful best-selling historical fiction writer was kind of really nice to me and gave me a gave a recommendation for my book and um, did like an interview with me for his website and he didn't need to do that because he's already no. established and super successful. Mm. And it's little, little things like that that made you really want to be part of that world of writing. Yes. And like you guys, we met at London Book Fair and now we're having this discussion. Everybody's super nice and super supportive. And I think that influences you to be the same, right? And I think that really helps you to live by that kind of, those stoic philosophical principles because in, in the writing world, I think p people generally are really nice and supportive. You don't really get anybody who's trying to hurt you or uh, be horrible. Everybody's just trying to hurt. I think it's like that old saying. There's an old saying in English, right? I don't know how it translates to German, but a rising tide floats all boats. So like, and that was what... Yeah, I know of, that one, yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. Matthew Harvey said to me at the time was, if, if I become successful and people start buying my books and we're in the same genre, more people will buy his books, right? So... Yeah. And I, I, that that really stayed with me, and I think that that's yeah. that, that's really encouraging. I think again for anybody who's listening, who's aspiring to become an author, like it really is a great industry, and people will support you. And don't be afraid mm -hmm. to reach out to people and ask for advice and ask for help because everybody's super nice, right? Yeah, it's, it's something inspiring. Really Yeah. And it's something that I was also very surprised by when I first entered the author world, not just 
this supportive community, but also um, this is how Andrea and I met. Um, I reached out to her on Instagram and she was already a very well-established author and I was just starting out and had done everything wrong, possibly. No, and not still, <clears throat> well, the book but was great. Still, the, the, she, but but this is the the great thing, you know. There there was no hesitation for her, you know, to 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 get in touch with me, and and this started this amazing friendship. And um, this is something I have a law background, and there it is vastly different. So you have people like with their huge egos and this mm -hmm. big competition. Everyone is trying to get ahead of themselves, basically. And um, with writing, it's it's the the total opposite. Even though you would think it might be different, because you know there's there it's different best selling lists and stuff, but still this um, it's it's a it's a it's a friendly competition in which you know people are encouraging others to to do well also, and it's something that I found surprising and totally refreshing actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure, it's great, right? And I think it's a great community to be a part of, and we're. Uh... We're very lucky, and it, 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 it's funny what, what you said there about when you guys first got in touch and uh, you said you were doing everything wrong, which, which probably wasn't the case. Um, but but Andrea said that your book was great, and it's funny, isn't it? Like, it, the, the book is only one is, is only one part of it. Like, yeah, you, could have, like, you could have the best book ever, but if you don't yeah. do the other bits and pieces to go with it, it'll never see the light of day, right? It's really annoying, actually. Yeah, because you, you've written this thing and put so much passion and... Uh, work into it and you think you can just push it out there and it's going to do well but unfortunately you need to get the other yeah need to get the other nuts and bolts right but i think this is the mo the, the amazing thing for self-publishing i think this there's this misconception about being an author you just write a great book and everything just happens from there yeah. on and um self-publishing is acknowledging the fact that you then you need to put in work with a book it needs to have the right cover it needs to to be advertised and marketed and you need to tell people about it it's it's something that self-publishing is i think much more honest i guess yeah because you are required as an author to put in the work and yeah and yeah, writing you, you, really is only the first step right it's it's just like the, the very <clears throat> the very beginning of of this of, of pushing the book out yeah, and you, you, you have to get in the frame of mind that you are your own publisher. So mm -hmm. you have to be doing for yourself everything that a traditional publisher would do for one of their authors. So you have to have your cover, like you say, and it's got to be a cover that's on genre. You have to have mm -hmm. your, your blurb, your metadata right. So you've got to have the right keywords in your blurb. You need to have your website with your, being able to capture people who come to your website for your mailing list. Let's have all those bits and pieces right. You've got to have your ads right, like you say, and you have to invest some money into that. And all, all those things have to be in place. You need to get your book edited properly. So you need to give your chance. You need to give yourself the best chance of success. But I think like that, when you're self-publishing, the clue is in the is in the title, right? You're publishing yourself, so you have to get in that kind of mind frame and do some courses and upskill yourself and give your book the best chance of success because there are thousands of books published every day right so to make yours kind of stand out and be, and be successful as it possibly can be you need to spend some time and invest in yourself get 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 your non-writing skills where they need to be and that that, that that's a huge part of uh, making yourself successful as writing the book because like that and i going back to winning the award and all those different things like i was able to quit my job there in january and write full time and Congrats. I think for, wow, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and it, and it, it is amazing, right? But I, I, And I think like that, if anybody's interested in self-publishing, I would definitely recommend people to take the time and invest in themselves, upskill, spend some time on your website, spend some time on your mailing list and learn and make sure that when you, you've put so much time, like it could be a year or more into this beautiful book that you've written and invested so much time and love into, give it the best chance, right? And give yourself the best chance to follow your dream and a lot of that is like doing the courses and understanding how it works you know did you do that with your first book and how many books have you written before the book that won the the, the award yeah so my first book came out in september 2021 and that was uh, called viking blood and blade which was about the uh, the viking invasion of, of anglo-saxon england in the ninth century so it was about all that. So it's like a, it's like a Viking uh, historical adventure kind of book. 
And uh, so at the time, then when I launched that first book, I did spend a lot of time learning about what, what I had to do. And but I, you know, you, when you launch your first book, you don't know whether one person is going to read it or a thousand people. So you kind of, you're trying to put together like a free website and you, you know, you, you build it yourself and you don't want to spend too much on ads. And luckily that, that book did really well. Uh, and the book that won the award then was King of War, which was the fourth book in that series. Oh, yeah. So it's like a series <clears throat> of Viking adventures. So that book, King of War, was the fourth one. Um, and I've published another one since and have another another book in that series out in June. But yeah, like definitely, and as I got going then and the second book came out and the third, I had more royalties coming in. So I kind of upgraded the website and spent more time on uh, like that Facebook ads and Amazon ads and using Facebook ads to build your mailing list and all those kind of key, those, those key components. But I was lucky yes. because my first book did did well and that really gave me the platform then to carry on and I was kind of getting up at um, five o'clock every morning to write before work and doing all those things. And ah, I know someone who else who does that. <laughs> yeah, and you have Andrea. to, right? mm-hmm. Yeah, you sorry, have sorry. to. Because yeah. I have three kids as well and all that, so you kind of mm-hmm. have to be super... If you have a dream and you want to do it, you have to be super focused, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I I relate to that as well. I've got two kids too and they have me up and running and you have to find the time and you have to be super disciplined about yeah. it because but the day is um, gone, right? Yeah, exactly. Down. The day is I only have one, but yeah. Yeah. Um so you've you've written four books in a year, is that true? Yeah, so I wrote uh, Viking Blood and Blade came out in the September of 2021 and in 2022 I released uh, four books that year. And then wow. going in yeah, going into 2023 then. So during that time then in 2022 I also um signed a traditional publishing deal with a trad publisher so I do both so I have a self-publishing series, self-published series and a traditionally published series. So there's two books in the in the trad series and a third one due out in August. So mm-hmm. w- w- what I kind of did during 2022 was try and write as much because part of the kind of part of the formula to be successful in self-publishing is you need to kind of you need to you do need to get a couple of releases out every year at least. If you can try and get to three or four because as you guys know, every time you self publish and release a book, you kinda of get you get a crest of a wave in in Amazon and your books sell well and people want to pre order the next book. Exactly. So if you've too long of a gap between the books that you're releasing, you kinda of fall down the algorithm and so what I kinda of committed to in twenty twenty two was trying to get the get that velocity right and, and release as many books as I could. So I did so do Sorry. Yeah, go sorry, on. yeah. No, go ahead, yeah. Um so so do you write and how, how how many words do you write in a day or do you dictate as well? No, I don't dictate, so but that that's a big thing now, right? And I, mm-hmm. I keep meaning to try it, but I write, yeah. So when I was working, I tried to do at least two thousand words a day. Mm-hmm. So in the morning and and then a bit more in the evening if I needed to. But now that I'm full time uh, I try and do a bit more, so between two and three thousand a day. But it, it's hard, right? It's, it's not like performing a task. Uh, yes. You know, like working on a spreadsheet or building <clears throat> a wall or something like that. There's only writing is kind of a creative task, right? So you've only so much headspace. So you you might say to yourself, "I'm going to write two thousand words today," but sometimes you just can't. And it yeah. depends where and you sometimes are. Sometimes it just flows. Yeah, flows. and other times like, it flows, right? So you can, yeah. but if, if I think if you set yourself that target and sometimes you're slightly below and sometimes yeah. above, then then it works, right? And then the numbers kind of add up then. So if you're doing your 2,000 words a day, you're hitting your 10,000 words a week and so on and so on and so on. And that really helps you get your, get, get your books out on time. And you have to kind of st- stick to that discipline. And then you have your window yeah. then to get your book edited and proofread and all those different things. Um, but yeah, that was really important for me was to kind of follow that that blueprint and make sure that I was getting as many releases out kind of ju- during the year as possible. Yeah. And that really and set, set set up the platform then, you know. And you still do that? That's, that's still your thing that you put as many books out there as possible? Yeah, but yeah, not, not as many as possible, but try and stick to that frequency. So try and get mm-hmm. at least four out a year if I can. Because I think that's where the kind of crime, romance, thriller authors are successful in the self-publishing yeah, world is that they try and hit that number. So three and four books. Some, some of the guys do more, right? 
But I think you, you need to be hitting three or four a year because like that, the year you, you when you release your book, you get a peak on all your other books and then it slowly goes down. So you want to be making mm-hmm. sure that you're getting your other release out before it drops too far, you know. What I think is, though, I don't know, sometimes it, it, I find this, this this number scary because, first of all, I, I, I don't make that. I, I can't, you know, um, put three or four books out a year. But sometimes I feel like um, when you have a story, it t- kind of needs time, you know, to settle and to really form in your head. It's not something that I find that I can push sometimes because sometimes I have an awakening and then the story just plays out and I can sit down and write and I need six weeks and the book is basically done but um the 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 weeks and days before i get to that point i can't really control that so that is something that marcus arreos probably comes in sometimes Mm -hmm. you have to realize that a story needs time to to just you know take place in your head first before you can put it to the page yeah for sure for sure and i think it it depends a lot on your genre as well right i suppose i'm kind of lucky because in historical fiction your research often uh, gives you the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, the events happened. So say, you know, I don't know, say uh, in my last bit of book that, that I've got coming out there in the summer takes place in Ireland. Um, and a lot of the events actually happen. So you know that a particular battle has got to happen at this time. Uh, or, the, you know, the characters have got to get from this place to that place. And that kind of helps yeah. you with the plot and the, and the story structure. Whereas if you write in, you know, like, I don't know, urban fantasy or whatever it is, you kind of have to be super creative then, right? And Yes. Yeah, exactly, because you kind of have to do the whole world building and establish rules. And um, so um, I, I've realized that this takes time. The the crime and thriller books that I'm writing, they, they, they form much faster because, you know, you have the real setting, basically. But um, with fantasy, I realized I want to give those stories time to to develop and to uh, until they they have reached the the form basically in which I want to put them out. And because this is one of the the great things about self publishing as well, you have the the freedom basically to to set your own timeline as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and it's it's it, it, you know being self publishing, you you your own boss, you're running your own business really. So yeah. so you know it, it's all down to you, right? And I think. I think what what you say is true, and you have to kind of balance that, right? If you if you feel like if you were trying to hit three books a year, but the quality of your work was going to suffer, then you're better mm-hmm. off waiting and producing a high quality book because your readers will respond to that. Then you know. Yeah, and when you lose the fun and the love for it, because you feel like you have to write these books, but you're actually not ready to do it, then well, yeah, and you have to point? enjoy it, right? It has to be uh, yeah. what we do. We're doing. We're doing what we do because we love it, right? It's like yes. uh, it's yeah. an artistic pursuit, so you want to make sure that you're you're having fun. You don't want it to be forced. Mm. So, would you tr- say? No, uh, uh, go ahead. No, no. Go so, on. so like this is maybe like this this basically this overall question, but I really I really want to kind of straight ahead and go and ask it. So, having won this award, this this Kindle Storyteller Award, which is Again, really, really an amazing achievement. Would you say it changed your life in a way, or is it just like a stepping stone on your path as an author? It definitely changed my life because I don't think I would have. Um, I don't think I would. <coughs> excuse me. I would have given up my day job if okay. I hadn't won the award because, and this will probably resonate with, with a lot of people. Right, when you self-publish. Like, I mean, I have now, like, a, I'm in an office now that I have out in my back garden, right? But when I published my first few books, I was writing in the house. So I was writing, you know, at the table or at the breakfast table or whatever it might be mm-hmm. before while everybody was in bed. And it's yeah. kind of a, it's a, it's a solitary thing. So, yes. and I didn't know any, I didn't know anyone else who was a writer. Like, I didn't know anybody who was an author. So you're kind of doing mm-hmm. it yourself. You know, you, you're learning as you go. You don't really know what you're doing. You put your your book out there you don't know if it's rub. you know you get beta readers but you in your heart you don't know if what you've produced is rubbish or not <laughs> you kind of exactly. you kind of exactly. hope it's good but you, you have you, that fear and you put it out there and what what winning the award was really good for was I got to meet other or other self-published authors that I'd never yes. spoken to before and at the award ceremony they had uh, Rachel McLean who won the award the year before and she's a super successful crime writer. 
the guys that I mentioned before, JD Kirk and so on. And they had other guys there as well, like um, who I've since met a few times, like LJ Ross, who's super successful. Uh, guys who, who, who were at the awards are from crime and, and different genres, like J.M. Dalgleish, and everybody was really nice. And the awards ceremony was good because I got to chat to those people. So instead of suddenly being alone, it was really good to get their their view and their input and, and their support. And all, everybody yeah. said, you have to uh, you have to quit the job and fully commit and and go for it. And if I hadn't, I met those guys, I, I never would because I would have been too I would have been too afraid. And because uh, yeah. when you have your family to support and all those different things, it's a big risk. But so the award was good for that. It was also good for my uh, my profile because obviously there was the cash prize. But as part of the prize, you get marketing support from Amazon. So they How's did. Lot- How does that look like? Yeah, it's great. So they did different things, like they help promote the book. They do like if you go on to the Amazon homepage, they have like an editor's picks page. So they did like I an see. editorial on my books, and they um, they brought me to London Book Fair, for example, where I mm-hmm. got to meet lots of people. I'm going to. Um, the self-publishing show in London. In, yeah, uh, I saw that. So yeah, great. in June. So I'll be part great. of a, yeah, a panel discussion there. So there's been all kinds of different things and they give me great support. So the marketing part of the prize was kind of probably more important than the cash prize because it, it, it really helped boost my uh, boost my profile and the, my books are doing quite well. A few of like a couple of the books or two, probably half of them are still bestsellers in different categories. So... It's been really good, but I, but but like I say, it was really encouraging yeah. to meet other self-published authors because, like that, when like I say, and just to reiterate the point, because I imagine a lot of people who are listening or watching are in the same boat. It is kind of a solitary job, and it's you know exactly. it, like that, and you, you have to believe in yourself. Um, but there are what I would definitely encourage people to do is reach out to other authors, especially self-published authors, because everybody's yes. been there. Everybody has the same fears and and, uh, and concerns that you do, but everybody's there to help and support each other, right? Yeah, and it's so funny when <clears throat> it's so funny when you when you start out, you feel like you're all alone, as you said, and when you start looking for these other authors, they're like everywhere. I know. <laughs> yeah, and it's like a hit, it's like it, it's literally like an urban fantasy book, isn't it? It's like this world, this hidden know, world yeah. that you you open a door to, and all of a sudden. So- there's authors everywhere and you're like, why? <laughs> Where have all like these just, people? And it's just like being home, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's, where have I been all my life? I, yeah, I exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah it's and amazing. it's the compa- companionship too. You know, you are yeah. all of a sudden, you are, you, you have someone, you can talk about these things mm-hmm. and, and you, you don't feel like 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 th- there's something wrong with you <laughs> this is like you're an alien <laughs> yeah exactly and it's it's um i think and and one one thing obviously with andrea that i found and with other authors as well is you form these amazing friendships where yes. you're like where have you been all, all of my life <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah de- de- definitely definitely right and it, it, it it's amazing and it, it's even even back back before that when you first start writing uh, typing, putting pen to paper, dictating, or whatever you're doing. Majority of people aren't even aware of the self-publishing world. I know I wasn't. You, you know, you, you start Neither. off and you, in, you, you only think that the traditional publishing world exists. So you start yes. off and you start sending out your manuscript to agents and nobody replies, or you get your kind of a horrible cold letter back three months later. Um, <laughs> and then you kind of get awakened to this the world of self-publishing, right, where... Yes. It really is possible then to make your your dream a reality, you know, and it's great, right? It's we're we're all so lucky, you know. Absolutely, it, it, it's um when you when they talk about publishing in, in in TV shows and stuff. I just watched Jane the Virgin, and um the protagonist is an author, and uh, one person says to her, "Well, you can always self-publish." And and but but it's not like oh self publishing it's this glorious uh, uh, possibility no it's like well when you don't get a contract for, for the publishing house you can always self publish well but but then you're not an author actually so yeah yeah I I think there's probably still that little bit of naivety out there right but I think those those people would be surprised when they see the royalties that self published authors are making yeah, right it's and I think when you look at some of the trad contracts out there for us when we're self publishing. Every ebook you sell, seventy percent of that is yours, right? 
So, exactly. And the more, and you know, you won't get that in that world. So I think no. if people want to, if people want to be snobby like that or turn their nose up at self-publishing, then they they would they should probably educate themselves first because a lot of people in the self-publishing space are super super successful. And I know even for my own self, I wouldn't put myself in that that bracket of being super. But I'm making enough to support my family, right? And yeah. and do what I want to do every day. So. I definitely think if people and a lady actually came up to me at the um, at the London Book Fair where I met you guys. I can't remember where she was from. I think she was actually from Ukraine or somewhere like that. And mm-hmm. she'd had a book written for two years, a fantasy book, and uh, all she'd been doing was sending it off to agents and uh, publishers and, and getting that back. And she's like, you know, do you think I should self-publish it? And I was like, well, let me put it this way: you could have self-published that book two years ago. And you could have written three or four more since, and you'd be you would have been earning royalties mm. off that book over that two year period. Whereas now you've been earning nothing. Uh, so for me, for anybody who's who's listening, who's sat there with a manuscript in their desk or on their laptop, and you're getting knockbacks from agents, really truly have a look at self publishing because it'll change your life. Yeah. And it's also, it's not just the, that you make really good money, even more actually in, on average than traditionally published authors, which I learned on the London Book Fair, which really was an eye opener as well. But also um, what I love about self-publishing is that books can be commercially successful that are maybe in a niche and are not, you know, I don't know, like a Tudor romance. I think historical fiction was is mainly like in traditionally centered around the Tudor area, why uh, era, why ever, and, and always you have, yeah, and you you have you have books that are maybe a little bit more special, but they are able to be published and find their audience. So the diversity of the books out there is has increased, which is amazing because people are. They don't want to always read the same thing, right? They want to read different things and different types of books need a chance to shine. And some of the most amazing books I have read have been self-published and I was only aware of them because I'm a self-publisher now. But um, I was really sad about this that I only discovered them now because um, self-published books are adding so much to the quality of the book market in itself because they are um, covering so many different topics that would not be covered elsewhere. You're completely right about that. I think there's so many uh, subgenres now that people love that wouldn't exist if it wasn't yeah. for self-publishing. And you know, whatever it is that you like or you're passionate about, you, you can find a self-published book there somewhere, right on the on Amazon or one of the other stores. And it is amazing. There's lots of new viewpoints and exciting stories, and that would never have seen the light of day, right? So you're you're 100 exactly. right. It's really the, the depth of uh, the depth of genre now you get in, the, in self-published books is amazing and you can find anything yes. right it's brilliant yeah <clears throat> so i was wondering um did winning uh the award make your make you uh, is, is writing after winning the award <clears throat> easier for you or because I remember my first book was a really big success. And after that, I was like, I can never, ever write again. Such a good book. How was it for you? It was, it was a little bit like that, yeah. It was a little bit because I was, I was surprised by how much the judges enjoyed the book. Because they were people that wouldn't normally read the genre, the historical fiction genre, right? So my first three books before that, Sorry, even to go back, my first book, I was surprised that it did well because I'd written this book. It was about Vikings, there's battles in it and crazy stuff happening. And, you know, you, you write it because you love it and you put it out there and it's successful. And then after the first book, I was kind of worried because I was like, what if that book is really good? And I didn't realize it. But the, and, I, and I couldn't think what I'd done that made it good. I'm not articulating that properly, but I wrote the thing. I, yeah. And I, but I was surprised it did well. So when you start writing the second one, you're like, shit, what if the magic I put into that one is gone and this one's really boring? <laughs> you know? it's like... Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I was less nervous writing the book after the award win than I was writing my second book. Because after mm-hmm. the award win, I kind of knew then that I had the formula. I knew how to, you know, I'd learned about story structure I'd learned about the three-act structure. I'd learned about all those things that I didn't know before. 
which is really important, right? If people aren't, aren't educating themselves on that, you need to understand the different ways to frame your story like that. If it's the three-act structure or save the cat or whatever you're using, uh, pe pe people should make themselves aware of those different ways to structure your, your plot and your story. But yeah, I was more super nervous on book two than the book after the award win. After the award win, I was just trying to release uh, a novel as quick as I could to follow on from that follow on from that success so I released a book yes. then in the January I won the award in October I was already writing the fifth book but I released that in January and, uh, and that, wow, that did yeah. quite well as well um, but yeah it, it was more book one to book two to answer your question and um, it was probably the same for you guys right because it's like it's like holy shit I've written this book and people like it what if the next one is complete rubbish and everybody hates it and then I'm done that was kind of the real Yes, and did you uh, did you learn about the free act structure and and all that stuff after the first book or before? It's a good question, right? So when I wrote the first draft of the first book, it was really long because I'd spent years writing it. Because and again, this probably resonates with a lot of people. When you're working and you love reading and you love stories, in in your head, the the the, the thought that you could be a writer is a strange one. Right, because you, you, know, you kind of yes. think you could do it, but it also feels weird because it's like, why am I doing this? Why am I sitting down and typing on this when what I'm writing is probably rubbish? When I could be doing something else, right? I could be, you know, doing whatever. So that's a weird thing. So I, anyway, I did it. I committed to it, especially in lockdown then in COVID. Yeah. <clears throat> I kind of got the book finished and it was super long. And I, I actually, um, I wasn't sure if it was any good. So I kind of... Um, I paid for like a feedback service, like a structural review, like a structural edit. Oh, I see. Yeah. From a place called Jericho Writers in the UK. So I paid for those guys to do a structural edit. And as part of that edit, you got you get feedback. Yeah. On like that story structure, characters, plot, all those different things. And it was really, it was probably the big turning point in my career because the feedback came back and said that it was rubbish. So I had no concept of story structure. It was like this rambling... <laughs> kind of story with like too many point of view characters and all those different things so I was like right and again back to the kind of a Marcus Aurelius point is to take that feedback in a calm way yeah. and not as a personal criticism right yes. so it was to take that feedback and be like wow this is brilliant right so now I can use that and I can reshape so what I cut out two point of view characters cut 50,000 words out of the book I, wow. what, yeah, I figured out that it was started in the wrong place. So I'd kind of started it in a weird place. and But, you know, instead of starting it like right in the heart of the action, I'd started it like way too early. And all those things were really helpful. So then I, I paused and went off and learned about story structure and all the different yeah. ways to structure your novel. I took what I had and then I looked at the three-act structure and things, you know, I had to have a starting point and introduction. I had to have an inciting incident. I had to have this, you had to have a twist at this place and blah, blah, blah. And you had to ramp up the action. And so I, I recut the manuscript based on those learnings. So I learned it all at that point. This is probably throughout 2021 or late 2020. So that when I, I had the thing finished, then I sent it out to get for, to be beta read. The feedback coming back then was quite good then. Like it was really nice. exciting. You know, the action builds. And that was really what I wanted to make sure that I... Yeah. A bit like... A bit like if you look at um, the Hunger Games, for example. You know the Hunger Games, the movie and yes, the book? Yes, sure. I so, love them. Yeah. <laughs> or in the books, I love them. So that book absolutely and uh, to the letter follows the three-act structure. So exactly. every single plot point in that book follows that structure. So that's why it's so good, because you, your mind is geared up to want to see those things happen at, at certain points, right? I I actually use those books, you know, I when I my, in my first book, I really have act one and act two and act three it's spelled out actually because yeah. I modeled the plots after this the this book kind of it was kind of like my my beacon, you know, yeah. to to structure books. Yeah. Exactly. And once I learned that then that that really made a huge difference to my writing yeah. because when I wrote my first book, I was a pantser 
Do you understand? You, you, so you know the way you're either a plotter or a pantser. So you either yeah, plot exactly. your book out or you just write it after fly by the seat of your pants, right? So when I wrote the first book, I was a pantser, so I just wrote it. But since then, since I got that feedback and learned about stuff, so now I'm a plotter. So like mm-hmm. that, I, I set out the three acts and I set out what's going to happen where and that really helps that discipline of making sure that the book starts in the right place, that you have like that, that there's an inciting incident early on, that the tension kind of mounts up and you have all the things that are supposed to happen in, in the right places. And uh, I relate to that so much, yeah. You write in series, right? Do, are the books connected to each other or so is there a main, an, an overall plot? Yeah. There is so. You, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. And and do you outline the overall plot as well? Um, How do you do that? In in the back of my head, yeah. So each book has its own plot. So each book in the so the the first series I wrote is the Viking Blood and Blade saga, right? Which is it starts in like eight six five AD. You know, the Vikings come to to England and you know they kind of take over and blah blah blah. So what what I try to do is have like a big conflict. So in that first book, it's the invasion, right? The Vikings are coming, wow, everybody's scared, carnage, loads of battles and stuff. But within that is to have a small story, which is the characters and their development. So you've got this one guy, uh, he's come off from, he was born in, in Novgorod and he's come join this Viking crew and he's come to England. And it's about his growth, his personal growth, and he meets different people. Like he, there's, there's a, and actually what, what, I think one of the factors that won me the award was a lot of the characters in the books are, are women, but strong kind of Viking type women, which I think ah, people like. Shield maidens. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> my, my my first name is Freya, so I gotta know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, right, for, for sure. And he meets these guys, these, and he has this kind of this band. Then so there's a, there's a mix of men and women with different qualities, and that it's really about notwithstanding the big events, like the big battles and the, the invasion, the book is really about those characters and their relationships and how they develop. And that, so the, the series then, they go to different places, right? Where they, they go to, to uh, France, where there was the siege of Paris. They go to mm-hmm. uh, Norway and there's big battles there and they go to Russia and all these kind of places, right? But the big battles are kind of the backdrop, but the actual series is about the characters and how they grow and, who they meet and who they marry and they have children. So it's, it's, it's about those characters. But, you know, the big set pieces, battles, and is, is kind of... So each book is about a big Viking-type event, a big battle. But the, the thread through the series is the character development. And then my other series, my traditionally published series, it's from the flip side point of view. So it's set 200 ah, years later, but it's told from the Anglo-Saxon side. So for them... It's a, it's a different story because they were like really kind of pious in terms of believing in God and Christianity and all those things. And obviously the Vikings didn't. So it's more from their point of view. And it, again, that's more about the characters. So the, the main character in that. So the character in the first series is a young guy finding his way and he grows then throughout the series. In the second series, the Anglo-Saxon guy is older and he's kind of suffered tragedy and he's kind of like... Uh, Jay did, and he's trying to find redemption and all those things. So, very so it's different. the same universe. No, different. It's the same. Okay. Separate. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, you can tell how passionate you are yes. about those stories. I, I love every word you have spoken is spoken with such enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really. It's it's inspiring, really. Yes, yeah, and, and, and it really and, makes me want to read the books. <clears throat> yeah, but that, that that that's why we're lucky, right? We're so we're lucky that every day, even though I'm in this office on my own, you get to spend all day with your characters. And that, mm, yeah, that, true. That, yeah. So you're not on your own, you know. You're kind of surrounded by these people that you've created, and that's probably sounds a bit you weird. You can travel. To <laughs> you can basically travel to these places, yeah, right? Yes. So you can End go time. to the past, and yeah. I love exactly, that. Yeah. Well, y- you said uh, that you'd always self-publish, but then again, you you made a contract with a traditional uh, publishing uh, house. So, what do you prefer? What would you? So, with choose? the traditional publishing deal, it was interesting because the publisher is a digital-first publisher. 
So the royalties are higher than you would get through one of the old fashioned publishing houses. And what the the main reason, being honest with you and being completely transparent, I did it was to try and understand. Like I spend quite a lot on marketing. I don't know about you guys, but I spend quite a lot on Amazon ads and Facebook ads. So if you if you think about what you get, it, it was purely a numbers thing. So if you get your seventy percent royalty right on your your self published book for every ebook you sell, what percentage of that then are you spending on ads? Are you reinvesting in yourself? And if the difference between that is more than what the traditionally published to the traditional publisher is offering you, mm-hmm. then it's worth considering, mm-hmm. right? And what I kind of like the idea of was doing both to have both options because. More for the yeah. future. Like we don't know what's going to happen in 10 years' time. Like I, I've always thought about uh, wide publishing instead of just staying with Amazon, but I never have. I always mm-hmm. have everything just with Amazon and Kindle Unlimited. Yeah. So, so with, the, um, with the trad deal, it was really to experiment with that and see purely, for, purely on an income level, did the, do, do the royalties you get from the publisher outweigh what you're spending on ads with your with yourself published up, but it's still too early to tell yet. First book only came out there late last year. Mm-hmm. So it's too early really to say. Um, but I think that, 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 that's it. But I would never have got the traditional deal without the self-publishing stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So w- w- one led on to the other. But I think with uh, with self-publishing, obviously you, you have all the power and all the control and it's your own business. Whereas with the yeah. traditional deal, you have to <clears> deliver <throat> your manuscript by a certain date and, all the rest of it so but i think what what's positive is to have both just if because yeah. it's your business now it's your career just to future proof just to future proof that you know and i also imagine that if you come in in a pub to a publishing house and you are already a very well established self-publishing author that your word has maybe more weight to it than mm-hmm. if you are first starting out and you you would just have to be grateful to be there because these people know that you have the other option to self-publish. So you might, you know, be able to 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 have a different position. Yeah, for sure. I guess. For sure, okay. because you, you already have your base, you already have success, you already have your mailing list, you already have yes. Facebook followers, you've already had best-selling books. So it's kind of like it, it's more... What can they bring to you? Whereas when you're starting out, you've no power. So if you're sending off your first novel to agents and publishers, you'd pretty much take whatever you could get, right? You'd take anything that was offered. Whereas once you've invested time in yourself and become relatively successful in self-publishing, then people will want to talk to you because you're an asset then, you've your own value. But you have to also be aware of that, make sure that you don't give give too much away and that you that you kind of keep keep a level head. And it's pretty much brings us back to where we started is about that trying to be calm and not let the not let the good news that comes in completely distract you from what you're trying to do and you know. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings like us back that. to Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Um <laughs> I have two two questions I ask in my other podcast uh, every time, um, and we'll publish this uh, the, the, this interview there as well. So I, I just ask them, uh, what's the change you wish to see in the book world? The change I wish to see in the book world is is for it's a funny one, right? And I don't know the answer to it, but I love bookshops and I love going to bookshops, mm-hmm. and Me I too. think it would be really good to find a way for self-published authors to get more access to the shelves. I think if you go into a bookshop now, the shelves are still dominated by the yes. by the trad books, right? And it's still That's dominated right. by thrillers and romance. And I think it would be amazing if there was some sort of a bookshop retailer who opened their doors up to self-published books. Um, and I, I know you can through Ingram and all those different things, but but, but you can't really. So some Some successful authors print their own and have their own arrangements with mm-hmm. uh, bookshops, which works quite well. But I, I, that, that would be, a, it's probably more an aspirational thing, but I'd love that to happen. Like if, if, you know, if I had a magic wand or I suddenly won a you know, million euro or whatever it might be, I would do that myself. I'd open a chain of bookshops where all <laughs> I stocked were, were self-published books, good quality oh, I love that. And, Because I think people would love it, right? I think, mm-hmm. I think because it's still... Through ebooks, you're only accessing a certain part of the population with people who have yes. Kindle or the Kindle app. 
Whereas I think it would yeah, be great in, to be able in to Germany, walk into. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Right, well. Sorry. Uh, in Germany, um, um, I think it's fifty percent of the books are purchased in bookstores. Yeah. Still, so. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I imagine that's the same in other European countries, right? I, I, and I, I think it's a shame that, a bit like we said before, with all the exciting subgenres. Um, you could have a fantastic bookstore with a coffee shop in and people could yeah. go in and wander around all the different oh, genres that. that they've never explored and pick up a book. You know, it'd be cool, right? Yeah. Ryan Holiday just opened his own bookshop, right? Right. Well, so, yeah. And my second question is, um, uh, which book is re really high on your to-be-read uh, um, to pile? pile? Uh, and uh, why haven't you re read it yet? Gosh, I am kind of a I am kind of an, a voracious reader, so I, I do read a lot. Uh, the one I'm waiting for, like everybody else, is the next George R. R. Martin book, but he's not written it yet. Yeah. So seriously, when it is coming out? Is that <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a cool series that's uh, there's a cool book that's due to come out by a really good author called uh, Stephen A. McKay. He's writing a series about King Alfred, an English mm -hmm. king. So I'm really waiting for that, but that's not published yet either. Uh, I'm trying to think what, what I've got on my bookshelf there that I've not read. There are still some books by Matthew Harvey that I've not read that I'd love to get stuck into. Um, but yeah, m most of the stuff I want to read, I've, I've read. Like a re really cool. good series that I read recently was a, was a fantasy series, uh, The Shadow of the Gods by John Gwynne. I don't know if you've seen that. Like, I've seen it. I haven't read it, though. Yeah, it's but got you the, would recommend the best it? covers in the world. So it's got like... Yeah. <clears throat> the cover of the book is like a wrap around, so it goes from front to back, and it's like this huge dragon. Yeah. And just below it, you've got this tiny little guy with like a sword and shield who's kind of facing up to it, but the cover is brilliant. <laughs> Those books are really good. It's kind of set in like a fantasy world based on Norse mythology. I see. Yeah, but it's really, really so good. So on brand for you. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, so if if anybody's looking for and that, that the audio books of them are really good as well. The narrator is okay, great, cool. so... That's definitely worth it. But I don't have anything. I'm looking at my desk here. I've actually read everything everything cool. that I should be reading. I can't say that for myself. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> so, Peter, thank you so, so, so much for your time and all all the wisdom. I, I really have to get again into the free act structure. Um, you, uh, you kind of convinced me because I'm a pencil. Seriously, um, and I did not convince you. <laughs> no, you didn't, and uh, other other people didn't okay, so either. Good job, Peter. But, yeah, yeah. I, all I'd say about that is right. When when I say I'm a plot, so what often happens is, so I I do that. I write out the three act structure and I write out a plot, right? But what often happens is it changes, so you don't lose yeah. the, you don't lose the thrill of being a pantser. Yeah, <clears throat> it's not like you have. Everything yeah, that's written what out. I'm afraid and you, of. Yeah, and yeah, and it's like because part of the thrill of writing is the discovery of what's going to happen. So, like, I have even though I'm writing a book at the moment, and even on my desk here, I kind of have, you know, the first iteration of it, and the second one, and the third one, and ah. So it, it kind of evolves as you go. But I think what the what the structure really helps with is the discipline of making sure mm. that the, the the plot is moving in the right direction at the right time. That you're not indulging yourself, describing this or that. That it's it's moving along properly, you know. But this I have. I have this uh, big summary of my plot uh, that I write before I start writing the book, so I know where I'm going. I know what's important in the plot, um, but I don't. Um, I don't write it out. I don't write out every scene. You know, I don't yeah. have this. Um, this happens at. Th that's the in in inciting in incident. What's the The, yeah. that point right yeah. at the beginning after 10 percent or something and i don't know what's uh you know i don't know when this happens <laughs> it, it just happens mainly and, and then sometimes it really it's, it's really just at that point where it should be so it's organically i'm maybe maybe i have just um you know i, I just lived the free structure without, <laughs> yeah, without yeah. using it consciously i don't know <laughs> Yeah, so again, Peter, thank you so, 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 so much. It was um, such it was really, a great chat. Yes, really. it was. It's a pleasure, guys. And it was very, very affirming and encouraging at the same time. Yes. So yes, yes, thank yes, you yes, so yes, much yes. for that. Thanks, guys. It was great to be on and thanks for having me. And it was great to meet you both in London, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So let's hope Have we see each other again. Yes. Yeah. 
I'm sure and we will. Yeah. Have I'm a beautiful sure. day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks. What did inspire you about this interview? What's the main thing you took out of it? Because I think there's a lot. I actually couldn't decide. Could you, Freya? I think what was most inspiring to me was the passion with which Peter spoke about his own books. You could just tell that he loves those stories he's writing and which is one of the most amazing things about authors and it's just I it's something I could relate to and I, I, I liked him even more when he talked about his books, um, if that's possible, because he was just so so in love with the worlds that he's entering through his books and that's amazing. That's so true. That's so true. And if you want to be a guest in this podcast, just write a comment or write to us, uh, write an email, and we'll talk about this. Have a beautiful so, day. See you again soon. Mm -hmm. And we can't wait to hear from you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.